Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Kara Winter and George Elsie of the short film Division. Hi. Hey. Hello. How are you all doing today? <laughs> We're, I'm good. I'm Hi, fine. Jo- yeah. Thank You're you. fine. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that convincing, but yeah. yeah I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Question yeah. mark. Well, requisite Moody check-in. Moody is in lap for those for those mm-hmm. worried. Yeah. Concerned. You can bathing. You it's bath time. Yeah. It is bath time. Yep. Um, and then can we also do the I'm enjoying that it's sunnier. Daniel's weather corner from two days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With podcasts releasing, it's like weather is a day late, but I, I think it's funny. <laughs> Basically, like I've got, we've gotten no feedback on Daniel's weather corner, but um, but I love it. So, <laughs> you know what? In a in a in an in the infrastructure that we've created, where we where we basically just give to others, it's nice to have something for ourselves. Yeah, it's nice to have Daniel's weather corner. Mm-hmm. No one um, hates it. <laughs> Yeah. That you know of yet? Yeah, exactly. That, I, exactly. Yeah. Someone like grinding their teeth right now. Like, I hate There's Daniel's like weather a, corner. Daniel's <laughs> weather yeah. corner hate club. Like, like a, a Facebook group. Like a secret I want to meet the group. president. Of that. <laughs> I wonder what like the icon is for like the Facebook group. That'd it's be... like Daniel's face with like a with like, <laughs> like Ghostbusters <laughs> slash through it. The clouds behind him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I we're so glad to have you here. Um, you reached out on email, which was awesome, and like we've been in touch with having you on, and we've been following a bit of of your work so far with it, and um, your project seems really cool. Um, for those that aren't familiar, would you mind telling us a little bit about it? Sure. Oh, George looks at me like I'm okay. I'm doing this. Uh, so, <laughs> George and I wrote co-wrote this film called Division, and in a nutshell. It's about this young interracial couple who find themselves in a long-distance relationship even though they live in the same city. Mm-hmm. So it's really about sort of how when you live in a large city like Chicago and it's all shot here um, on location, uh, you know, the city itself becomes this, like, impediment mm. to this young burgeoning relationship. And just, you know, from uber craziness to traffic to Cubs games to whatever it may be, um, Yeah. So that's what the film is about. I um, that is so deeply relatable. When Daniel and I first started dating, I was living in Old Irving Park, and yeah. he was living in Edgewater. Yeah. Okay. Which that's it's a mm-hmm. significant it's a hike. yeah distance. it's a hike yeah. Um, I had a car though, so it it made things it does a lot make, easier. Yes. But like yeah, it, it's really like when I first moved to Chicago, and my friends down here, they all lived on the red line, and I told them that I was living in Old Irving Park. They were like, oh. All right, well, have fun making your blue line friends because we're never <laughs> yeah. going to see you. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I, so the thing that's fascinating to me, like, has there been a lot of, the, I I think that, like, uh, the long distance relationship can seem like such a cliched thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like it's, it's not. And I think that it's, there's a, there's a lot of different, uh, like, experiences that people have in that vein Mm -hmm. um and the other thing i think is like well here's let me actually ask a question like do you think like it's a there's a piece of it that it's you know is it on the rise in 2018 like with the advent of the internet like i feel like it feels very culturally like well i I don't know a large part of it like the city is divided in itself like we have uh i live in south loop 
and just getting here today, I had to take two buses, and that was like an hour, an hour to yeah. get here. Of commuting. And um, I think Chicago specifically, you know, historically the city was divided north side and south side, but now like the neighborhoods, like you have Irving Park and you have Edgewater and then you have South Loop and um, Pilsen. Yeah. So yeah. I do believe technology has a part of it, but geographically that's yeah. just the way the city is yeah like if you're if you don't live in the same neighborhood it's like you're in a different country yeah mm-hmm. right and i do think too that you know it's hard enough to just get to work and you know mm. whatever your commute may be or whatever and then to step outside that and go to someone else's side of town to see them you know i mean i just feel like that's a lot of effort and we live in a super, I come to me, easy peasy, instant, instant, everything delivered to your door, everything's online, society now. And making an effort is a thing. <laughs> like, that yeah. is a thing now yeah. to consider. So, yeah. 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 That, the, the, um, exploring the metaphor of division in such a direct way like using these that's so here's the actual question like when it comes to taking the themes that you that you explore like Mm -hmm. how do you best practice manifesting that in your characters Mm. that's a good question yeah i mean our characters have certain things in common um they're both you know sort of math geeks um you know good with tech that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and then they but they culturally come from very different backgrounds and then also obviously you're in different um neighborhoods they're also economically in different spaces in their lives um so we you know what we tried to explore was this idea that two people could make a really instant very deep connection right. like i get you on this level but that all these external things that they don't that isn't part of their core being is what's sort of dividing them does that make sense absolutely well yeah. and i it's something that i kind of didn't like that is a um ooh like a like a maybe like a i don't want to use the word trope because that feels so like not what i mean but it's like an archetype maybe like the mm. the idea of the fact that like a relationship relationships between humans like are so complex that mm. that doesn't that none of the things that that divide like that is like it's Romeo and Juliet you know what i mean like <laughs> like it's like and I, and yeah. that even me saying that out loud <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's, like, it's a weird like <laughs> like but it's quite simple yeah yeah, that, yeah, but it's also, but it's, that's, I guess, the thing is, that's an interesting balance to me is that it is so simple, right? But, like, in, mm-hmm. in Manifestation, in 2018, mm-hmm. in Chicago, like, mm-hmm. it's so intensely complicated. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm, that I'm kind of curious about is, like, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you stay true to that, like, internal message that's guiding you? And then also balance what is clearly, like, thoughtful like peacemaking mm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. we, there was some this morning we were watching some complex interview with uh, Jonah Hill who was talking about this is like such a random there was a poll. complex interview with Jonah Hill Don? there was a like the, <laughs> I'm kidding yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him I'm kidding um, no it was not like com- like the it complex wasn't like magazine a, it wasn't like you know investigative it was it uh-huh. was the, yeah but it was like a sneaker shopping video with this youtube channel called complex magazine yeah oh, okay uh, okay okay um 
<laughs> Sorry. But he was talking about, I guess he's got a movie coming out. I have no, I had no idea. Like I was, but then I, we, it's like, about like it 90s, 90s skater culture where he basically made a period film. Oh, on the okay. 90s. On the 90s. Okay. And it, you know, because, and he, that's, I think, why this is so fresh on my mind is because he was pulling that, like, oh, you know, when you make a period piece of, you know, the Renaissance or something, mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to every little detail and then manifest it in the language that is not the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. he was really focused on, like, what, what the trash in the movie looked like. Uh, like, because okay. Doritos bags in the 90s look different than Doritos bags now. Today, and correct. Uh, yeah. Sure, like sure, yeah. 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 Is that, is there a, that... But see, and <laughs> there's the the obvious degree to this that is um, is something that I want to make sure to say is that that's the covering like '90s culture is so banal, mm-hmm. but covering like you know what it means to have different perspectives and like have a different identity in a city like Chicago in 2018, like we are living in such a political moment, and mm-hmm. that that to me feels where anyway the that for me is like that balance of like you know the message is simple right but like Mm -hmm. like this is like in some ways it's the most complex i'm not referencing the magazine now but like the most (laughs) like that that source material that you're pulling from is just it takes like a serious depth of consideration you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. well i think with our characters we even though they make sense on paper, they have a lot of things that pull them apart just by their with their own identities. Um, that is true. Camilla, she is a recent business owner, so financially she's not in the same place as her her partner Michael, who is you know this tech guy and yeah. you know making a lot of money, but then he has social anxiety yeah and that is a stumbling block with his relationship with camilla where she's just a social social butterfly um so there's complexities there it's not like um as plain jane as uh romeo and juliet you know i think we did a good job with trying to put in perspective of today yeah what young adults are going through yeah with this need to connect yeah Yeah. where did y'all get the where did y'all get the concept of this film from? <laughs> so, so <laughs> um, <laughs> it um, came from. I saw La La Land last year. Well, was it last year? Two years, or ago? maybe two years? Two ago years now. ago now. Whenever and, it came out, um, visually beautiful, but there was no diversity. I'm like, ugh, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I just met Kara. I was like, hey, we need to do something because I'm so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So frustrated. And that's where that was a jump off point. We actually, for a time, were kind of imagining that might be a short movie musical. Um, Yeah. And then we got into the weeds and like we realized like that's a really big, that's a really big thing to involve actors who can sing. And then recording that and getting, you know, someone to write us original songs, like it just sort of was like, okay, that's too big a piece. But at that point, we had a good bit of a script written and Mm -hmm. we're like, let's just let's just make this film as is. Let's not try to make it a musical. But um, yeah, so it was deeply inspired by sort of like, you know, the anti La La Land (laughs) in a way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that's as as a journalist, when I was like thinking about this question is that that is that that exact like um balance is exactly the thing you don't want to like the because there are so many things that la la land did well mm-hmm. 
but then, but then yeah, you when, don't like, want to blatant, discount. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's and just so it's, very whitewashed. and mm-hmm. Very much so. LA and, is such a diverse place. Like, you couldn't find one. Right. I mean, you know. And especially well, for Chicago, too. It's like our city is like a spectrum of identities. So why not have... Yeah. Uh, yeah, our character is diverse, like an Asian American, yeah. and we have a very diverse yeah. cast too. It's not just the leads, and 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 yet race is like never a thing. Like they're right. just existing, and it's Living not part of the plot at all. It's just this is the cast we decided on, and it just kind of reflects back what your working environment is like, and what your commute is like, and like mm-hmm. that's what Chicago is. It's many many colors of the rainbow. So, well, don't you? That's with Emma Stone, right? Yes. Yeah, Emma Stone and well, what's but his don't butt? you know that Emma Stone is every race? Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it really was very diverse because she's You're every right. race. I wow. take it back. So that really, movie was you d- perfect. You started off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> oh my god. Well, that's been that. No, <laughs> that's been the episode. Thank you very much for having us. <laughs> <laughs> But it was super interesting to cast the film because we were specifically looking for like um, a Latina woman to play Camilla and we saw some and then we had other people come in who their headshots looked very Latina and then you Mm -hmm. talk to them and they're like, oh, actually I'm blank. And it was like, oh, interesting. Like, and so the woman we ended up going with is actually a Filipino American Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was just interesting to us, like, oh, this human family is so fascinating. Like, your headshot looks like blank, and you're you're submitting for this thing that says you're blank. Right. And then you get into it, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's so fascinating that these people from completely different sides of the world could look so mm-hmm. kind of culturally similar. And it's like, yeah, it's just reinforcing our big point, which is just that we're all part of the same human family. And, and that's the point that mm-hmm. that that's a specific lens. Yeah. Because I think and that's a very Chicago lens. Yeah. Because like what that says is, um, you know, we I think it's very baked into even the, the city structure, the way that we think about, you know, we have Chinatown mm-hmm. and Asia on Argyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the. I, the so we've talked with a couple city planners and urban planners that like talk a lot about the um the politics and the i like the identities that are at play in Asia and Argyle mm-hmm. because it was very much like supposed to be the second Chinatown yeah. mm-hmm. to to how it was pitched to like city council and stuff but it's very much not not Chinese. like that but you know. it's it's yeah. a kind of catch-all the roots are Chinese but it's really it's become a settling point for a lot right. of Vietnamese that's, what I, that's also what I mean. yeah. sorry yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's and it's also not just Vietnam. I mean, there's a strong Vietnamese presence, but mm-hmm. like it is so much of kind of like the that oh. kind of. Sorry, oh. sorry. Well, she also update. will likely come back. We have an update on the cat. <laughs> yeah. Update: Cat has left the lap. <laughs> um, but any, yeah, I, yeah that sorry. lens. That's something that. I'm trying to figure out. Basically, where I'm at is I'm trying to figure out how to put into words that that degree of taking something that is so simple and applying like the full consideration of mm. identity in Chicago yeah. mm. that that I I wonder what it is about production on a larger scale like mm. for when it's when it's top down production rather than kind of like from the grassroots production mm-hmm. what what it is that top down production is missing Right, like, why don't they see it the way we see it, sort right. of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, 
everybody has their bubble that maybe they're in a little bit and I think it's know. also representation in those mm-hmm. those areas like if on paper Karen and I are like totally different you know <laughs> like, right but but when we work together it's, it's mind meld mind city. meld so yeah I think the integration of more identities ethnicities into those top tier you know productions yeah. Chicago PD fire all them yeah. Well, and that's the, whole, yeah the whole reason why like the reader firing its like upper management staff and hiring mm. like and and oh no getting bought out by the Chicago Defender yeah like and an then, actual black and then paper cl- and then cleaning out and having all of these like women of color yeah. in administrative roles oh, like wow. they just brought yeah. in the um which is fantastic they just brought in the editor in chief of rebellious magazine okay. which is this like women run magazine she's now the the reader's new managing editor oh nice. and she like she is a powerhouse she is amazing i'm so excited like yeah, it's cool she is it is going to revolutionize the reader oh cool yeah i'm so excited to watch that happen but cool. Cool, cool. no it's 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 so important to you're right to get to get people of color and to get people with different experiences and different identities yeah. and different perspectives into the room because yeah otherwise it's just speculation and not just uh-huh. into the room yes. as yes. A, at an entry-level position but no into no the room but yeah, as a creator a th- like exactly content creator decision maker mm-hmm. producer yeah art yeah. should reflect life and absolutely you should have a spectrum of identities in every form of it and different ages too different i mean ages. we're uh, several years apart in age and you know, I don't, I feel like the, um, for me as a writer, um, I feel like George has expanded my capabilities as a writer. I don't, I mean, I do. I oh feel, my. I feel like there's, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like when you're just in your own little corner in your own little bubble, you're, you're just, you're more limited. And I think if, as you expand out and you collaborate with others and you meet people who aren't just like you and mm-hmm. that your, your mind is expanding. There's no doubt about it. And, and like, so then your work is as well. Sorry. No, no. Uh, and like bubble behavior confirms bubble behavior. Right. Yes. Like it's very, um, it's really easy when you're in a bubble to confirm it. Like confirmation Absolutely. bias is such a, a big deal. Mm. And that to that to me like that's an interesting um yeah that that moment of breaking out of that to actually to actually cross lines of division mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah plug yeah plug. <laughs> yeah right i felt name so cliche like film. what is it called when you name the, when you say the name of the film oh the film? i don't know but i <laughs> Well, so at, at the beginning of this episode, I opened Google Maps just to see where in Chicago division, division is. Falls, yeah. right. And it really is like, it really is a dividing line. Yep. Booyah. No, like y'all killed that. That was great. <laughs> no, because like north of division, yeah. you know, you have like, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not that it's not affluent north of division, mm-hmm. but like, I would say the further north you get, the less the less affluent you get. And division is really the beginning of like... Mm-hmm. You know, the further south you go from division down, you know, through... Socioeconomic, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It is a game changer. Like, yeah. once you cross division, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And so... Or you're in this in the burbs, you're out by the midway, or you're, you know... Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. No, and so, I don't know. That's such... It's very, it's a very, like... I don't know. It, it's one of those things that, like... It's a chi- it's a chicken and the egg situation in my mind. Like, was it called division, division. <laughs> and then for some reason, like, 
that like became the it, dividing it just became line. The dividing, like yeah. the socioeconomic dividing line, or there's actually, I mean, just in terms of the African American community, mm. I know that there were always landlords back from the beginning of the migration from the south and the you know af- during the depression and all of that and before the depression mm-hmm. where you know there just were landlords who were like we will not rent to you so there were always enclaves um where it was like you knew this was an african-american friendly area mm-hmm. and you could rent there you know um and then i think as the city grew more and more diverse you know people would settle near their own people oh my cousin lives in this area go find an apartment there and like so from wherever you come in the world you know whether it's china or you know or south america or whatever i think that's kind of how the city divides itself in a way now well and that happened with a bunch of other ethnic groups like for example um our theater editor, Danielle Levsky, her parents were Soviet refugees in the yeah. early 90s. Wow. And when they arrived in Chicago, they were placed by the relief organization right. in Rogers Park. Right. In the same building as the other Soviet refugees. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Because it was mm-hmm. close to the to the aid organization. The, exactly. Yep. And so, yep. like... And then I know that, you know, there's all of this, like, within city planning, there is a lot of, like, you know. Well, in, because... in like, Case for Reparations, that uh, that article for The Atlantic that Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote, mm-hmm. they, he talks specifically about the history of Chicago's loan lenders. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. they specifically only gave yeah, yeah, loans yeah. to neighborhoods where, and yeah. the, uh, the kind yeah. of the other piece to this to me that's, like, Like, if you're interesting... a Polish family, it's like, oh, I'm going to give you a loan only if you live in this area. Yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, mm-hmm. and the other piece that is interesting is, you know, I, I, for some reason, as we were talking about this, I immediately thought of um, the Netflix first season that came out. Like, I feel like I watched it like two years ago, three of um, Dear White People, and it specifically talked about college dorms or college housing, mm-hmm. and it was talking about the idea of, um, uh like having decidedly one ethnicity housing buildings mm. and forcing and whether or not the organiz like the the college should force integration mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is an is a such a fascinating that's one of those things where like these things immediately become more complex because you can't take the lessons that you learn in a college campus and apply it to swaths of a city. But like I, but but that's what's is, happening though. Interesting. You, that's what's about. happening, especially in the Bronzeville neighborhood, Bronzeville yeah. neighborhood, and further south. It's just like, all right, we're going to try to. In- well, it's not more of integration. It's just like we're kicking you out, basically. Right. Gentrification. Yeah, really, just gentrification. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But it's still relevant. Yeah. It's still relevant. Yeah. Like our. I live in South Loop and then Bronzeville is just like, it's, it's changing. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow, I see, you know, other races, which is fine, but it's like, where are my people? Yeah. (laughs) Where where are my people? And like Hyde Park's the same way. Like, oh yeah. The, the, I find the like politics and the, the practical manifestation of like the presidential building fascinating because it's like, Uh, it's especially with university of Chicago, they're eating up all the property around there. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. people who lived in low income housing in um, uh, the Kenwood area, they're, you know, struggling to find spaces or to have rent and the library that is going to go up and it's going to just move everyone out. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's going to become a tourist attraction. Oh yeah. And um, Mm. landlords are going to, 
not want to rent to communities that make it less appealing on well, on paper quote, oh, less, ap- eye, yeah. quote, less or appealing. they're mm-hmm. just gonna look at the dollars and cents and be like well this is worth more now so yeah. you can stay here but this is the price you pay exactly yeah no it's it yeah. is a it is a double-edged sword that i wish mr obama had considered <laughs> like this is the community that i this is the community that i love and cherish and it's like cool cool you're kind of messing it up <laughs> yeah 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 um so I want to talk more about the process of, of short filmmaking because I find it fascinating. Um, and uh, so what uh, is your experience in, in that realm? Well, prior to or just with this project? Both. Okay. So start with prior to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, like the... What, Both what, at the same time. Go! Basically, <laughs> it's, it. it's always... <laughs> the pivots in the show are always really fascinating because usually we get, like, deep into ideology and then I come out of it and go, like, okay, wait a minute. I have no prior knowledge of, of short filmmaking. <laughs> so, like, you should talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, Kara and I both had experience prior to... Um, Kara... I had a little screen. less than you did on, for but the screen screenwriting. Side, but, yeah. 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 Um, and then I had experience with production, like working on web series and other films and mm-hmm. pilots in the city. And um, when we started, we just thought like, hey, let's just put our resources together. And mm-hmm. see if we and can build a team. Exactly. Build a team around it. People who know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been in theater primarily um, in my adult life and, and I've directed theater uh, as well and so I felt pretty confident like okay you know I can direct actors I know how to do that let's find someone who really knows you know cinematography and so our cinematographer um, Leo Felucha is this amazing guy yeah. um, and really guided us I think as first time directors because yes. even though we've both been on film sets before and we've produced or written for the screen we had not ever directed before this is both of our directorial for debuts. Into it, yeah. and so you know it really was like a concert between the three of us of mm-hmm. like visually we need this we need to communicate this we need you know this needs to tie into this thus and such mm-hmm. um, so I think there was a, a definitely a learning uh, curve for both of us and I think that that's the beauty of Chicago like everyone well, the ones the people that I have come in contact with are very welcome, um, welcoming, and um, ready to collaborate yeah, with yeah. other people. Especially if you're doing something of quality. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're doing something that's you know low budget, then people are like, Ugh, okay, whatever. But yeah, if they no. see there's like some uh, um, substance in it, um, people are like, oh, okay, let's do something. Let's move yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of always our um, the reaction that we would get when we would sort of pitch this idea to mm-hmm. the sound people, to Leo, whatever. It was always like, ooh, yeah, let's get in there, you know? Um, So it was a really great collaborative process. We were very, very lucky to find a person in each role who knew exactly what they were doing. Um, We probably had, I think, the smoothest shoot I have ever heard of. Like, very little went wrong. Like, very few times we go over time. We never (laughs) went over budget. That never happens. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's actually incredible. It is. Well, I think that's because we planned. <laughs> we did. Right. We, we had did, a lot of we, planning. Yeah. We started writing the script in October of last year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, so we started writing in October, and then we finished the script in January, top of this year, January, mm-hmm. February. Yep. And 
after that, we went into pre-production. So we, my friend Tyler Lieby, he made our um, Indiegogo page, um, our Indiegogo video. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing is, I think is important, especially for crowdfunding. Yeah. You have to present a really a strong, nice, beautiful presentation. piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we, we had to, we had to do that as well for mm-hmm. our Indiegogo campaign. It was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I know. Um, oh man, I just kind of went off on two thoughts at once. Um, <laughs> that happens sometimes. <laughs> Do you have a question? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna. So you know, you you started working on this. Pro, you started writing the script in October. When did you two actually meet? <laughs> uh, when was what? that? Was earlier that earlier that year? last year? Yeah. Yeah. I, Top of... Top of 2017, right? Right. So, Kara was directing a play at Gorilla Tango Theater. Oh, cool. And I was an understudy for the show, and it was a choose-your-own-adventure play, so... Oh, um, cool. How many people were in You the... covered... Well, there it was a cast of six, I think. Yeah. And you covered all three male roles... But, right. So one of the male roles <laughs> was kind of a he he plunks into several different roles, mm-hmm. and then each scene had a well every other scene more or less had like a a spinoff where the audience could choose A or B. So it was really like learning two plays, even though it was a short play. It still was like learning yes. two plays times four. So George <laughs> did that. So first of all, he learned the whole play, and then he yeah. went on. Somebody got sick. And he yeah. ended up going on. And at the end of it, I was like, ah, this guy's amazing. So like, <laughs> who else would do that? Like, who else in the world would be able to? So we just sort of were like, we need to work together again yeah. somehow. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No, the the undercover, not the undercover, the the understu- <laughs> the understudy hustle uh, is, real. is real. And it really, like, it really prepares you for like pretty much being able to do anything um when i was in college that we there was a half a semester like seminar specifically on understudying Mm -hmm. and just like telling and like you think like understudying you're like whatever it's not even going to be any work it's not like i'm going to even perform but it's like oh no you do everything but go on all the time right and you know and and it's it's an art form i mean even just to be put in at the last minute when you're not expecting it. Oh yeah, I've had to do that a number of times, and it's uh, it's a thrill, you know, being pushed around by other being actors. Pu- yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. Come here, go, go there, like under your breath, like come here. And <laughs> I loved ev- I loved those so much. I mm-hmm. loved doing that. I loved the tight wire act, but also just recognizing like. Just don't let the play stop. That's your only job. You mm-hmm. don't have to be fantastic. You don't have to be everyone's perfect Mama Rose. You just have to make sure that the play does not stop. Yeah. So it is. It's its own. It's its own skill set. I think. Yeah. Well, and I. That's the thing that we end up talking about a lot is this idea of when you have found expertise in one thing, uh, it it almost becomes like, well, first off, it it brings you uh, a deep appreciation for other people's expertises when you find mm-hmm. yourself collaborating. But it also, like, instills, like, uh, um, imposter syndrome almost thoughts on us, on other things, too, and, like, feelings of, like... And, but it's... That, that piece is an interesting thing to me. Um, just because, like, you know, 
the what when it really comes down to it i mean besides like um cinematography like like angle and and lighting consideration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is not like the the mindset of a uh film director and a play director it's not that different you know like yeah i mean i i think i i i mean obviously when you when you direct a play the play has then its own life in mm-hmm. a way like it really exists outside of you as the director and and you at, at a certain point you're out of control of it like you you know it's it's living and and you're just watching and giving mm-hmm. little tiny notes with film i think you know and now we're that we're in the post production phase where we're editing this stuff together you know you're very much it is yours you are it is not living outside of you you yes. are deciding at every single moment what needs to happen and how much we're communicating and da 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 so it's different from that aspect in terms of i think directing the actors it's pretty similar that mm. part is pretty similar that's super well and and I, that's why i think it's fat so the reason why i'm kind of thinking about this is because i think that this speaks to a mindset for a lot of people in Chicago, especially in grassroots arts, is that um, so many people go, you know, you know what? I'm fed up with with the industry that I'm in, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And and they find success in that and what, whatever that means in a Chicago scene, like they start their start a company to themselves. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have a run, a successful run or, or three or five yeah. or but then, you know, um, there's then a, a point where like that person has built something mm-hmm. that is around themselves entirely and that openness to collaboration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because what what I find fascinating right is that your experience of um, of play directing like to then be able to reach across a like genre aisle Mm-hmm. To go well, mm-hmm. okay. Here's the things that I know I don't right. understand. Right. That yeah. Being able to make that decision is is really mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And, don't and, you think that's true, George? Of like how powerful it is to be like I don't know, I don't know how to do that. I'm I think people are someone. more likely to help you when you're saying I don't. Honestly, know. Honestly, I right. don't know. I need help. I think that's. But also, everyone that I'm joined a, an expert yeah. at one thing, but like. <laughs> Yeah. Is that your thing? Like, like, is that your thing you don't know? Like, that's, that's okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I so think that, that allows people to feel like they have worth when you say, like, okay, I'm strong this, in this area, mm-hmm. but you're obviously stronger in cinematography, like our yeah. DP. Yeah. He was, you know, trained in Italy and came over here as a director, and I worked with him on a short film, and he's, you know, he does work, you know, DP work for other projects, but I'm like, hey... This is my first time directing. For, this is our first time yeah. directing for film. Yeah. We need guidance. Can yeah. you help us? Yeah. It's like, sure. Yeah. 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 Anytime we were unclear or we just felt like it, I deferred to, to Leo a ton. You, you know, I, you know, we would go back and forth about something. And at the end, I would be like, I want you to do what you think needs to be done in this mm-hmm. moment. And I, that came. And I do think there's a level of just basic humility. Yes. I am agreed. not God. I do not know everything, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, and just trusting that this other person who has expertise mm-hmm. is going to give it their all then. Because you're not second guessing them. Maybe you talked it through. But in the end, you're like, you're going to do what I know is you know that you know is best exactly it's a beautiful that's such a like finding that trust 
is so it is it's trust right mm-hmm. and also it's setting your ego aside mm-hmm. because yes. i think yes. that i think that when you assign yourself the role of director and or like you decide that you're going to direct something or whatever i think that there's a certain level of this is my baby and so to be able to be like like this is my baby and ultimately i want to i want this to play out the way i want it to play out mm-hmm. but like if there's something you don't know yeah you need, like there's there's strength to that there's yep. strength to admitting like yeah this is my project but i don't understand this particular moment yeah. something that's crucial to my project's well-being exactly. yeah yeah exactly have you guys seen the netflix series love judd apatow's series no is that with like uh jillian oh, yes something? jillian uh, I'm not i don't remember be able her to last name but I, either I know her of their names Diet commercial i don't know <laughs> I have no but there's a there's a great episode i think it's in the second season where um the male lead character uh, wants to make a short film. <laughs> Have you, you haven't seen yeah, it I've yet. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. you did? Oh, my God. And it, it is just a, it's a master class in, like, how not That's to collaborate a, yeah. and yeah. how to be just in your own head and your ego is in charge and everything that happens to him, I was watching and just dying for him because I'm like, just ask for help. Just admit that you don't know. You know, admit that you're tired and go home, you know, <laughs> like the and I and I do. And he's, of course, a very lovable character. And so you're rooting for him to turn it around. But I watched that and I immediately was like, George, you got to see this because yeah. it is. It's like, you know, what the comedy in it is, of course, that he's just completely consumed by his own vision, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, actually, filmmaking, theater, all these arts are very, very collaborative that it you got to check your ego at the door i feel and i've been in lots of situations where there were very ego led <laughs> productions and stuff where i'm in you know i'm costume crew for whatever yeah. and i'm watching the director and i'm like eh, you know this yes. is not a great situation this is not an environment in which you're going to get great performances out exactly. of your actors or you know it, it's demoralizing for people like it's yeah so leaving ego at the door is key yeah so at what stage are you in in terms of the production of this movie like is the movie done so we have all the footage we need um we're in (laughs) post-production now so that means we're just going through every um our dp he's editing scene by scene yeah and we're just going in to review it making some changes and um Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that's where we're at post-production editing yeah we're about 75% 75% of the way through the rough cut. Yes. Then it'll go through another series of notes. And, and we have a, a lovely guy out in L.A. who's a an editor who's agreed to just consult and just look at the rough cut and give us some mm. notes yes. um, from there, which I think will be great. And then we start layering in sound, uh, music, and so forth. And just go back to the point from earlier, like our consultant who in L- who's in L- L.A., um, one of our crew members introduced us to him and he you know he read over our script like and he just yeah just annihilated it <laughs> basically <laughs> I mean, but no he didn't annihilate, annihilate it, it but it was he gave he, us very strong very notes. strong yeah. strong notes yeah but coming out of it it our work is it, stronger I think it it's made better it stronger and um, tighter and i think we also there were moments where we we're like well he doesn't really understand what we're after either uh, yeah and so we're going to take that note with a grain of salt, you know? But, but just being, having 
humility. Yes. Again, humility. Yes. <laughs> I'm of the day. I'm I'm wondering. Be humble. Sit down. (laughs) I'm wondering. So there is, I think that there's really something to the idea that this individual out in LA, while very helpful, saw something that you were doing and made a note that doesn't really speak to what you were trying to accomplish. Because I think that there really is a difference between a, a, a really strong LA script and a really strong Chicago script. Oh, interesting. Mm. So I'm wondering, like, in your... I'm not asking you to, like, dunk on this consultant, obviously, but, like... He is but, helping us. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And, but, I mean, <laughs> but it, do you... Like, is that a... Was that a factor? Like, most of your crew being in Chicago... A bit, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was I mean, a major. I think like small things like cultural, of cultural references, references, which is like you know, especially yeah. for like people of color, like some things don't translate, and some things you will not understand mm, because yeah. it's, it's language for that you know just in in that little in that group. group. And yeah. he was like, "Oh, what is that?" I'm like, "Oh, well, you just won't get it." <laughs> but <laughs> when that's I okay, you don't but have that's to get and that's everything. okay. You don't have to like. There's yeah. some things in other cultures I don't understand. But I'm like, hey, that's for them. Mm-hmm. But when we yeah. show some of the footage to yeah. our friends. I'm like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah it works. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes on the page, it was, you know, a little unclear, and he'd be like, I don't know what that means. And we are like, it's okay, it'll play. Yeah. yeah. So, and it does, those moments specifically. <laughs> it <laughs> we, plays very well. We love this actress, but too. But the L.A. consultant really helped us fine-tune the script. Yes, yeah. Which sure. I think is needed for our film to compete on that level. Well, so yeah, that goes nicely into what are your hopes for this movie? Like what like once it's done and once you've finished fundraising, yeah. What are your what are your hopes for um where this film is going to go? Well, I think we'll definitely um apply to many, many film festivals yes. and just try to get as wide a reach as possible. Um there's also kind of a theory out there about short films that you kind of want to be everywhere at once. That's the, the you know, um, in terms of, you know, you could be on multiple online platforms at the same time that you're appearing in numerous mm-hmm. festivals mm-hmm. so that not just festival attendees can see your work, everyone can see your work. Um, so we're looking at all of those sort of video on demand outlets. You know, Short of the Week is one of my favorite websites mm-hmm. for short films. It's they're, they're, They curate such a great list. Vimeo also has a short film. Yes. Vimeo is great. Yeah, Vimeo is is kind of the place for the for the professional filmmakers to, you know, do something on their own and showcase their work and their voice and stuff. So um, and there's more. There's more out there. So I do think we're, you know, once we're finished and mm-hmm. we're starting to get we will have a premiere at some point here in Chicago. Some point. George is smiling. <laughs> George is smiling. He's like, that's not cheap. Um, but yeah, we will have a premiere and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, hopefully get into a bunch of festivals and um, and see what happens. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> well, and I know that you um, y'all also mentioned the um, need for the, the time that you took in planning. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I think, is something that is relatable to a lot of people is that need to plan like that that moment where you're like okay if i'm gonna do something this degree to this degree mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. has to be a degree of like a year or two out planning to it like mm-hmm. I, that that i that i think is not everybody comes to that realization for any a given project um but a lot of people do and and the thing that i also think is interesting with that is being able to um 
verbalize and communicate with once you've kind of established a plan and and started to realize what it takes for that plan to manifest in you know in literally like what it looks like on the on the script like what it looks like in casting or like what it looks like on a funding level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those that like basically what i'm what i'm curious is like at what how do you best <laughs> like how do you believe in yourself when you mm. like when you're like this is what this needs like that you know like yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. How do you believe in yourself? Yeah, it feels so, again, it feels cliche, but like I do think no, that speaks to... It's good. Because you need that, right? You need to be able to act on those, on big plans. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Huh. I have imposter syndrome on weird things. Like, I'll have, um, like, I don't know. I, 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 There are certain things I'm like... I can do that. I'm proficient. I can, you know, I can get up in front of people and talk, for example, or I can direct actors, you know, and then other things where I'm like, I don't know what this angle needs to be. I'm totally, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course you have doubt that comes in. Um, I think that first and foremost, I think collaborating directly with someone else with, in this case with George, Mm. I think I was always able to say, oh, I feel nervous about this. Or, oh, I feel like, what if this, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I feel like you were always, you know, eager to share your feelings of doubt or whatever, too. Yes, very much so. <laughs> but, then, but then also you would easily follow that up with me and say, we just have to have faith. We mm-hmm. just have to trust that this one small obstacle will the the answer will present itself and like every single time we were up against something and we didn't know the answer presented itself yes so for me like i'm a spreadsheet girl i can plan i can make a plan you know i was never afraid to try to make a film um in terms of like imposter syndrome it was really more like it was it would be easy i think for someone to get bogged down in tiny a tiny like crisis of faith of like oh we're we're not going to make that next thousand dollars what what the hell are we going to (laughs) do you know yeah um and so having a collaborator to really like a partner who is like no no it's going to be okay we just need to keep going just this is maybe it's not going to happen today but the solution will present itself and that is like a huge leap of faith i constantly I totally agree because my I'm totally the opposite. I knew like we're gonna make this money. Like my, I, I wasn't afraid going into making this film. It was more of the details, like the script and the crew and all of that. Um, but then also my faith led me to believe like, hey, it's gonna work out. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very much like okay, God's gonna open up a door. I just had faith on those levels, but with the small mm-hmm. details, I'm like. I don't know. Kara, help. And, yeah. and, then would, <laughs> and then I would make another spreadsheet. And then she'll make a spreadsheet. <laughs> See, it's all going to be fine. And then when she had a question about like money, I'm like, oh, well, it's going to take care. No money is going to. But yeah. I think it, yeah. just having a balance in your collaboration, like we obviously fill each other's voice when it comes to that with the script and um, yeah. the project. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And the other thing I would say, like to anyone who is trying to do something artistic and you have crisis of faith, like. You know, my husband is also um, an artist of sorts. He was a photojournalist for many years and then became a photo editor. And now he makes 
photo related books. Um, beautiful, beautiful work. And, you know, it's nice to have him in my house because I can constantly go to another artist and say, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and he'll be like, look, the self-doubt killed the artist. Nothing else is going to get in your way worse mm -hmm. than your own like self-doubt. And he's like, just really, like, let that go. You have, you know, you, you control what you can, let, uh, you know, but the self-doubt that is so insidious. And he's like, that will just stop you in your tracks. You got to get past that somehow. Yes. So yeah. therapy helps too. Very much so. Absolutely. Shout out to therapy. Shout out therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have a few minutes left. So the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, like letting people know where to keep an eye out for an upcoming short film or where they can help fund for that upcoming short film. Um, otherwise, we love hearing shout outs to other folks that are doing dope work or any Ooh. media that you're consuming, self-care or otherwise. So books, movies, TV shows, things like that. Mm. Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you can follow Division on Facebook under Division the Film. I think it's actually Division the Short Film. The Short Film. Thank if you. If you search Facebook for Division the Short Film, you will find us. There you go. We're the only one. Um, what else? I'm reading Kazan on directing. Um, I'm watching... Um, what's the film? What's oh, the God. film? Oh, what gosh. are you watching? Um, Belle du Jour love it i keep watching Belle it oh. sure yeah it's a french film from like the 1960s ah. yeah Ooh, look at you you know <laughs> uh yeah I'm... it's division the film oh <laughs> thank you snap <laughs> see uh, collaboration yeah. it's been it's collaborating everybody it's been a while <laughs> since we set that up <laughs> apologies great when... work mo hmm. <laughs> I'm, uh, let's see, what am I doing these days? You have a lot going on. I have a lot going on. I'm writing, I'm finishing up edits to a book that I wrote. Um, and then, let's see, I just saw Stars Born, like, last week. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Really? Go see it. Aww. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect to love it. I thought maybe it was going to be overly sappy or something, mm -hmm. or, um, but the music that's good that's intentionally good is very good and then the music that's kind of like intentionally pop and sort of bad is like appropriately bad and <laughs> it i think it's a really beautiful film uh and let's see anything else anything else we have going on do, do, do. oh this would be the time to plug a paypal oh okay <laughs> yeah uh, so we are still raising money. Yeah. The Indiegogo campaigns are shut down, but you can send money to Division to cover the last of our post-production costs, if you would like, to my email address at PayPal, which is C-A-R-A, Kara, winter, like the season, 1975, which was just a good year for music, mm -hmm. at <laughs> gmail.com. There you go. That's not the year of my birth at all. <laughs> It was just a good year in music. Yeah. Real, that's why it, That's why you... <laughs> no, I was born in 1970. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't have to outer. I got it. <laughs> it's okay. Let's be clear. I'm so sorry. Let's be clear. <laughs> I just... Dragged. I was, like, <laughs> it's all right. No, I was When so I was 21, no, I, was so I didn't unborn. think I would ever be 43 <laughs> embarrassed that 1975 was the year of my birth. Okay? No, I was so on board. <laughs> I was there for it. I was like, damn, that's 
was a it great was like, way, a good like, year in music way to though. be committed to a great year in music <laughs> i'm gonna make this the way that you can get in touch with me this is amazing <laughs> oh man uh, yeah yeah cool <laughs> wow Oh, that's great. That's amazing. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been DeAndre Hansen. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to ScopyMag at ScopyMag.com. That's our website. We post all of our podcasts and articles there, um, as well as... Yeah, you can also find us on social media on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. Um, we also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board where we talk about local arts, local politics, and astrology. Um, <laughs> otherwise, mm-hmm, nice. you can uh, you can find us on, did I say Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr already? Nope. At Scopy Mag, spelled the same way as the website, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. You can also find the podcast, the one that you're listening to right now, under most podcast places, at Scopy Radio. And I'm here to talk about... As always, the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts. This is huge because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook buries our content. So if you want to see 100% of what we're doing and not just 30% of it, you should sign up for those email blasts. The second thing you can do is you can become a member for as little as $5 a month. You can help us keep our lights on and pay our artists. If you're in a position to do so, there are some cool incentives associated with being a member. Also, if you are a business or an entity or just have something fun to say and want to advertise with us, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.